Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Alongside the great systems and routines, habits are key to becoming and staying organized. And that's a quote by Chrissy Halton. So welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. I am super excited to talk to today's guest, Charlotte Isaac, who is going to take a deep dive with us into CRMs and how we can use them to save time and make things easier. Before I do that, I want to ask you if you would like to be a guest on my show where I audit your business to find out where you might be leaving money on the table. And I'll give you some suggestions on what to do about that. And if you have a friend that might want that as well, honestly, there will be no pressure to be like, okay, now you need me as a coach. Um, My goal is for you and I to dig into issues that everybody has and come up with some solutions that could help them and help you. So you can just email me at Lucy with an I, sorry, it's Lucy with an I, at lucydumas.com. So Lucy at lucydumas.com or go to lucydumascoaching.com and fill out the contact form. All right, so I can't wait to tell you about my guest today, Charlotte. She's a business operations consultant. She gave up her role as a corporate ops manager, and I'm not sure what an ops manager is. Maybe she'll tell me. (laughs) She was working inside of a creative agency, and now she serves small business owners who love their clients as much as she loves hers. She has a signature program called Ease Seekers Society and a do-it-yourself dub saddle shop, which is cool. She likes to help overwhelmed and overworked entrepreneurs, and I don't know, is that you? Certainly me, Um, have customized solutions so they can serve their clients better and basically just have a better time in the business. So thank you, Charlotte, for being on my show, and hello, hello. Thank you so much, Lucy. I'm really excited to talk. Yeah. So As you listen to Miss Charlotte, you will discover she has an Australian accent. (laughs) And uh, what city are you in? I'm in Sydney. Sydney. I've heard of that. (laughs) So it's it's the number one. Yeah. (laughs) So Charlotte, I always like to know a little about someone's background that helped them end up where they are right now. So is there a little, you know, like, how did you become... Charlotte, the owner of Ease Seeker Society. I like breaking things and putting them back together. I was probably a very annoying child, but I like figuring out how to make things work better. Um, I was the person that would make the Lego and destroy the Lego. (laughs) In my early careers, I remember, you know, trying to, I worked in a cafe and I'd go, what if we did this a little bit differently? This could be easier. So I guess that's me in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I like messing around with things. It's fun. Did you have schooling that applies to 
being an ops manager and you're going to tell me what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. We'll get there. Not specifically. So my university education was in marketing, which is funny because as many business owners, I hate marketing myself. I'm sure a lot of your <laughs> listeners can relate. It's it's not the fun part of having a business a lot of the time. Um, but I think it's more of the experience I've learned from different jobs. Before we started recording, we were talking about the weird things that we've learned in past areas of our life. I worked mm-hmm. in hospitality. I learned a lot from that. I think it's more of an experience than an education. I love that. People always ask me, did you go to school for photography? And I was like, no. Now, I've had a lot of education, but not official school. And one of my first, since you're talking about your Lego story, when I was, maybe I was eight, we were on vacation and I made friends with another seven or eight year old at the campground next to us. And she had a camera and I grabbed my teddy bear and we went all over the campground and I posed the teddy bear in the trees and, and, you know, doing all kinds of things. I had never used a camera before. I just thought it was magic. And sadly, I realized later there was no film in the camera. But when I think about it, it's like so perfect that I was telling this story, just like I do with family portraits, is not just here's our faces, but like, uh, you know, deeper, especially I started doing weddings. So that was the perfect opportunity to be a storyteller. So tell me what an ops manager is it's a terrible title isn't it someone's got to come up with something more fun (laughs) doesn't inspire much um creativity but essentially my job um and all the way through my career has been to allow creative people to do what they do um Mm. I see myself as a creative but in a different way um helping people run a profitable business which I know you are all here for yeah um you know making life easier and allowing you to focus on the things that you really like in your business and not the stuff that often gets in the way, the stuff that overwhelms us. And, you know, we all have something in our business that makes us want to claw our eyes out a little bit. Yeah. And I would say with my coaching, if there's any running theme with almost all of my clients, it's like, how do I get this done? How do I organize? How do, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm, there are just so many things to do. And the first thing I recommend is get a housekeeper. Love that. We work out how much your time is worth per hour when you break it all down. And for most profitable photographers, it's going to be at least $200 an hour. So, Mm. you know, pay somebody a hundred bucks or so to clean your house once a week and, and you'll be ahead. Definitely. That's a piece of advice I can get behind. I am often saying that to people too. Sometimes the way we give ourselves more time in business is not necessarily about doing things in our business. It's making our life easier too, because, you know, it's it's all connected as business owners. Yeah. Yeah. So the main topic that I had in mind when I took a look at what you're up to was about CRMs. And so Mm -hmm. first I'd like you to define CRMs. What does that stand for and what are they for? 
Yeah. If you're listening and you have no idea, it's totally okay. A lot of people don't. It's a terrifying word. It puts, <laughs> puts the mm-hmm. fear of fear into many people, but CRM stands for customer relationship management. And when we talk about it in the context of a photography business, we're usually looking at something like Dubsado or Honeybook or 17 Hats. And basically they help you look after all of your clients. So keep all of your clients' details in there, all the basics, like, you know, who they are, perhaps if it's a family, who else is in their family, um, when's their shoot, what does the timing look like for editing. But a lot of them these days can also help you automate the process from start to finish. So booking discovery calls, onboarding them, all of that kind of stuff. And that's why I probably get really excited about them. Yeah. Like, what did I use in place of that? So a Rolodex, and a lot of people yeah. might not even know what that is, but it's it's this little spinning file thing of your client's information. I used uh, five by eight cards. And for someone that's very visual, and there's a word for this. I don't know if you know it, um, if I can remember it, but I have visual memory challenges there's an actual psychological term for that I can't remember what it is where out of sight out of mind so Mm -hmm. my organization system was file boxes on shelves with clients names on it and all the things going into that Um, but I'm sure had there been CRMs back when I was setting those things up I could have definitely streamlined a lot and kept more track of things like Mm. birthdays and anniversaries and things like that yeah it's kind of it's kind of like you've got that file box and every client inside of the file box has got a manila folder but then you've also got a little digital assistant that you've said okay when they reach out on my website do this and that just happens Mm -hmm. automatically so it's it's the file box on steroids really yeah (laughs) what I really like when I was using one was that once I accomplished a task and then checked it off on the workflow of a client, then the next day I could like type in what's my to-do list. And it would say, you know, Susan Jones, you need to edit this and Rashida so-and-so, you need to call them. And so, yeah, that's pretty handy. And maybe I'm just jumping ahead. So I'm going to no. zip my lip for a second and have you talk about CRMs and how they can help us and kind of explain more stuff than my babbling mm. is. Uh, no. <laughs> Your babbling is super helpful. I think some of the thing like people get really overwhelmed by CRMs and it's really scary. And we talk about automation and we talk about, you know, creating templates and all of these things and it's scary, but the the result of it really is that it, it sort of helps reduce that mental load. I mean, you've talked about how things are hard for you if they're out of mind. Um, and I find that a little bit myself too, but also just, you know, I'm trying to remember the 10 million things that I have to do in my business. And also I've probably got to go to the grocery store today and then I've got to pop down and do something else. And then, you know, all these appointments that we have and and life, I think, has gotten a little bit wild in the last few uh, years. We've all just got too much on. Can you relate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah. And so I think the thing we don't talk about enough is how they can help reduce that mental load. Like mm. I'm always saying to people that automation is great, but what's even better is the fact that you don't have to think about this. You just turn on your computer and it says, great, this is what's happening next with Susan Jones. And you're like, cool. I'm okay with that. Right. It's just, it gives you a little bit more peace of mind. 
Right, right. I think Special. for me, um, I kept track of things almost by repeating in my mind over and over and over again, like so-and-so needs to be edited. So-and-so, you mm. need to call the lab. You need to do this test. And it, that's exhausting. It is. I mean, especially you've done that for 40 years. I wonder how many times you've sent out you know, a, a gallery, which I know that sending out a gallery over 40 years has changed quite significantly. I'd imagine how you started doing it and how you do it now. But, you know, there is so much repetition in business and that's what we can start to look at with CRM. So if you want to chat about that a little bit, that might be yeah, a fun place to go. Um, yeah. Okay. Can I put a pin in that for one sec? Definitely. And could we go through like the things, like concrete things that CRMs can do for us? Yes. That's a really good place to start. Because each one will be like, you can do this and you can do this. Mm-hmm. and. And they don't all, like one of my struggles was to find one that would give me that to-do list after I made a workflow per Mm -hmm. client and made that easy or, you know, just some different things I wanted. Probably Mm -hmm. they all do them now because, you know. They've grown a lot in the last couple of years. So let's say, or the five, let's say five key things or key. Oh, the pressure. (laughs) And if you've only got four or you've got six, we'll know that in the future. <laughs> that's okay. I'll talk about Dubsado specifically because that's the one I use the most um, and okay. typically recommend. So sending out emails from templates. So an example of that would be someone reaching out from your website and having an email go out automatically. Sending schedulers or using schedulers. I know you yourself, Lucy, use Acuity. And I know mm-hmm. there's probably people listening that use Calendly or something like that. Um, Dubsado and, and a lot of CRMs these days have got a scheduler built into them. So people can schedule discovery calls. They can schedule some smaller shoots. I mean, obviously they're not going to schedule their wedding on a scheduler, but perhaps a family shoot or something like that we can mm-hmm. use a scheduler for. Proposals and contracts, which I kind of think about as the same type of thing. We can create some really great proposal templates, contract template, which we've all learned over the past couple of years. Super, super important. So we can have those be sent out, uh, signed, you know, chasing them up if they're not dealt with. Questionnaires, which some people listening mm-hmm. might find really valuable. Some people might not. You might want to ask a little bit for weddings. What, what does the timeline look like? Who are your important people that we need to make sure? Mm-hmm. We get photographed with, um, you know, you might have a feedback form that you want to send out to make sure that you get testimonials. So questionnaires are really helpful as well. And then the other one is not really a feature per se, but it's underestimated, I think. It's just the fact that you have all your clients there in one place. So oh, to me, that's the most important. Yeah, it is. It's not a sexy feature, but it's so important. It's it's knowing that you log onto your computer, all of your clients are there. You can find anything about any clients. Like I'm a sucker for names. I'm not the best at them unless I meet someone face to face. So mm-hmm. if I've only met someone online, I'm like, oh gosh, I should know. I should know their last name. And I just can't for the life of me think about mm-hmm. it. So being able to search for these things. Yes. And not just having their names, but all kinds of details and, you know, birthdays, the name of the kid and when the last time was photographed and if they spent a lot of money or not so that maybe Mm -hmm. you can sort them and send out uh, a special to your favorite clients or have a list of like, these are 
people that have invested X or more, they're the ones I'm going to call about some kind of promotion or just to stay in touch. Yeah. Yeah. I think something you would really like too, Lucy, is a lot of them we can start to track where people are finding you. And I don't know whether with a lot of your clients, you start to see people spending a lot of time on marketing that maybe necessarily isn't doing much for them. Yes. Um, Yeah. So even little things like that, that's another layer of information we can track about our clients and start to see overall, you know, in the last year, where did people find me? Was it actually Instagram that I'm pouring all of this effort into or was it referrals? Mm -hmm. So does Dubsado have that workflow with each client where I do a checklist and then it shows me my to-do list of all the, the next steps for all my clients? Yeah, I think about it as like a combined checklist. So it's like a, a big process. Some of it's being done by Dubsado. Um, and I like to think of Dubsado as like your virtual, probably very underpaid assistant. Mm-hmm. So we're saying these are all the things that need to happen for my clients. Dubsado, you're in charge of this bit. And then this is the checklist I want you to give me. So, you know, editing the actual, you know, photos. Dubsado obviously can't do that, but it can still remind you to do it. So right. combined checklist. So I can... I can have a client, I can have a a checklist workflow, I can click off that I've done the edit, and then I can have a master uh, reminder of all the clients and where I am in the Mm -hmm. process with each client. Absolutely. Yeah. And we can even do things like, you know, okay, so we've checked off the edit, maybe a week later, send them a feedback form out or send them a little email asking how they're going or send a thank you card, but everything can be related to you checking those things off too. Right, right. I um, tried to use a whiteboard for that. I came up with, uh, you know, columns, one on the left and one on the top. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it now. And my my rooms in my hundred year old house are all kind of small and chopped up, so uh, there was really no good place to to do that. So CRMs serve the same purpose, right? As some big whiteboard that you put each yeah. client's name down, and then you make a column of all the tasks, and then you check those off. And definitely, and, yeah. And then you can pull it up on on other devices besides one computer right yeah 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 and if you're out and about and you're in the car and you're heading to a shoot or you know it's Saturday and you're like oh what's my workload like next week it's it's always with you so I have one um question slash concern that you probably know exactly the answer to this so a lot of my clients that are using a CRM they put all their clients information in the CRM but they don't have it saved anywhere else. And I always wonder Mm -hmm. what would happen if that company folded or, you know, something happened where they were Mm -hmm. blocked. So is there a way to like have an automatic save of that information onto our own hard drives Mm -hmm. or computers and things? Or do we have to export? Like, how do you make sure you've got your own contact list Mm. uh, and things like that. Something really interesting to think about. Um, Have you ever used the tool Zapier? Have you come across that at all, Lucy? How do you spell that? Z-A-P-I-E-R. Okay. I might be Australianizing it. Z or (laughs) Z over here. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Zapier. No. 
What is no, it? it? It's a tool that it's a really weird one to explain, but essentially it gets tools that can't connect each other and it connects them. So uh-huh. Dubsado normally doesn't talk to anything else, but it can with this tool called Zapier, pull information from Dubsado and put it somewhere else. So, I mean, none of the CRMs that I've really looked at have that kind of backup process in place. But I mean, it's a very valid concern. You could set something up so that when someone inquires, maybe they get added to a Google spreadsheet or something like that. So the details, but I mean, at the most simple backup, Devsado does email you a copy of everyone reaching out and their details and things like that. Um, You can export client lists. That'd be hard to assemble. You've got 500 clients. Oh yeah. (laughs) So then note to self when, because what I have done when I had an assistant is I would hand them the sheet because I fill it out by hand. Mm -hmm. I'm an analog person. I'm sort of a hybrid now. And so I went on vacation with one of my coaching friends last week and she's a millennial, millennium, millennial. Don't hate us. (laughs) And she, no, I love you. And, and she said, I'm doing pretty good for you know, a boomer with all the technology. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Um, Okay, what was I saying? Oh, so I would have my assistant enter all the data into the CRM and into my, I use Apple, so I have my Apple Mm -hmm. contacts. And so we put that all in there too. So it's always mine. So, you know, one of those habit things is to, just like when we're downloading files, to put them in a cloud and an exterior hard drive and then you know whatever whatever else to have good good contact form hygiene <laughs> you know i think you're the first person to ever ask me that lucy and i like it i think photographers are often i mean you have to be super diligent and back up your files and make sure you've got everything and there's a lot of creatives who aren't like that so i like that that's the way your brain works thank you well cool. let's see who was it there there was a company, I can't fill in all the details, but there was a company that a lot of photographers were putting all their information in. And the company closed one day. It was gone. You could not reach oh. them. Everything was gone. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photographers, maybe thousands. I remember mm-hmm. the the PPA convention where people were in a panic and all of that information was just gone that's terrible so that's why i put it in the old days i put it in the rolodex and Mm. i put it in the five by eight card file box and i also popped a copy into those magazine folders so i could always find it so backup Mm. backup backup everything yeah it's got to be done i mean i would hope that i mean i can't speak for all crms i do know quite a bit about the people that run Dubsado and they're a really lovely husband and wife team. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's this beautiful startup story from California, which I'm sure you would love being a Californian. Um, And they do seem to have real integrity and they really do seem to care about their clients. I know it's easy to say that and who knows what will happen, but I do, I feel pretty safe leaving all my stuff with them. But stuff could happen. But still, you know, if they, if they, uh, there was a tidal wave and they disappeared in a rogue wave (laughs) and their family didn't care at all and they just yeah. cut it off like yeah stuff could happen so i know all right what else does a crm do for us did we i've got the calendar proposals contracts questionnaires mm-hmm. client uh workflow 
client info. I mean, the workflow is probably the next place. Oh, okay. That we really, really get excited about them for. Um, So you mentioned the checklists. And I think if Mm -hmm. we zero in on that a little bit, the workflow and anyone listening that's like, okay, workflow, what are we talking about? Are we talking about how I do things? Workflow in CRM land usually Mm -hmm. means automation. So it's that checklist that we were talking about before of, okay, Charlotte's inquired through my contact form on my website. What happens to Charlotte now? And usually we're talking about, you know, I want to get her on a discovery call or... I want to send her my pricing guide or I want to send her something. So your workflow can take people through your client process step by step. And a lot of it can be done automatically. Mm -hmm. And when I started, when I made my list and I was trying to (laughs) do the whiteboard, I realized that what dropped out in the middle of everything was thank you notes and thank you gifts. Mm. And once I set that up and then, and I know we're going to talk about getting help, but once I set that up and then I had somebody that came in a couple days a week for just like three, three, four hours, one mm. of the things that they would do is get the thank you card and put the address on it and to pick a card and put it somewhere where as soon as it was appropriate to send it, all I had to do was grab it, write on mm. it, send it off. It's ridiculous how hard that is, isn't it? To remember, like I'm the I'm the yeah. same with my thank yous. It just feels like such a job. It's not yeah. really, but it feels like it. Yeah, but when it's automated and someone else mm-hmm. can set it up for you, or you know, take the gift and fold up the box and put mm-hmm. it in the box with the ribbon and put the address and set it aside with the client's name. And then when it's time for me to send them the gift, it's already ready for me. So I don't have to pull out the tissue and mm. find the address. And again, it's getting rid of the things that we we let stand in the way of us just letting business be easy and right. doing what we really want to do. Right, right. So when is it time to automate and when is it time to hire? I know that's one of the thoughts that you have. Mm. So let's talk about that. It's a great question. So anytime you're repeating things again and again and again, I think you either want to automate or hire. And gosh, I don't know how many tasks we have in business. that are repeated tasks, thousands of them, I'm sure. We've already covered a couple of them. So anything that's simple and repeatable should be automated. So sending out those emails when someone inquires, your proposals, your contracts, your questionnaires, asking for testimonials, all of these little things that we can create great templates for, I see as something we should automate. Um, Anything that needs the human touch or a little bit more brain power are things that we could hire out for. So I'm sure you as a business coach have a ton of things that you typically recommend photographers hire out for, but we might be talking about things like editing or social Mm -hmm. media or getting the thank you cards and gifts ready, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Is that similar to how you would see it? Yes. Um, some of the, okay, I'm not going to go into, um, <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole, aren't we? <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's just, there are some things that in the way that I work with clients and coach people, it's a very personal touch. Mm-hmm. So we don't send proposals, automatic scheduler for a quick chat might mm-hmm. work. Um, too many questions on a questionnaire for me with the, the high-end luxury client mm. means I don't have the opportunity to ask them those questions and have a conversation about it. 
But Mm -hmm. that's just one little niche because I can think about like if you're a food photographer or, um, you know, weddings, there's probably more need for to get some of that information in advance because there's plenty Mm -hmm. to talk about. But yeah, it kind of stumped me about, well, do I think those are needed or necessary? I think a lot of people are worried, as it sounds like you are a little bit, that if you automate too much, it'll start to feel robotic. It won't feel high-end enough. It'll feel unpersonal. And the way I think about it with automation in my own business is that the more I can take off my plate, the more time I have for my clients. Right. So, Dubsado can remind me to check in with them and say, hey, did you, I mean, I'm not a photographer, <laughs> clearly, mm-hmm. but if I was, you know, a few days after a wedding, hey, how did, I hope you had a great day. I loved being there with you. That was awesome. I'm excited to work on your edits. Like, here's yeah. a couple of previews or, you know, I'm so glad we've got this meeting on the calendar because, you know, I want to grab a drink with you and get to know you better before your wedding. Right. It, all of these things we're taking off our plate actually give us more space to be right. with our clients. Right, right. Um, And it's about picking and choosing maybe what feels okay as an automation and what we really do need to keep as human touch. Right. I love that. So do you have thoughts about the virtual assistant versus, I'm now German. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's Um, the end of the week, everybody. (laughs) Yes. And here in San Diego, it's kind of warm for what I'm used to late in the day. So, okay. What was I saying? Virtual assistant. Virtual assistant versus having somebody come in to my space and Mm. do stuff. So do you have thoughts on that? Look, I think I'm going to give a strange answer because I don't think we have as many resources over here in Australia that that you do in the States, for sure. Um, even in Sydney, Sydney's a relatively big city. I don't know how big we are compared to San Diego, but the amount of business owners here and people that want to work in that virtual assistant or assistant role is a lot less than there are in the States. So for me, I'm probably stuck in the virtual assistant camp. Uh, I have someone on my team that works, she's probably maybe nine or 10 hours away from me. And that works great. So I think partly what's available and partly what works for you. I know I'm quite happy being online because I'll admit I'm wearing Ugg boots on the bottom right now while we're recording. And I like that. But there's people that love being in person with people. And if that's the way you know you need to work, then I think prioritize finding someone that can work in the same way. But as a business owner, I think we have to be selfish. Like, you know what you really like out of working with someone, make it happen. Just because it works for somebody else to go virtual doesn't mean you have to. Got it. I find... Well, I do have virtual assistants for my podcast now. I have somebody Mm -hmm. that helps me write the newsletters and get the Instagram out. And then I have my editor who Mm. posts and so forth. It wouldn't make any sense to have them come to my office to do Mm -hmm. that. But in the photography world, there's a lot of hands-on when we're trying to get things ready. And also, it's kind of a lonely business. So knowing somebody's coming over, um, also (laughs) what it does for me is it forces me to get it together. (laughs) Oh, that's such an underestimated. Suzanne's coming over. So I need to make this stack. I need to get this thing done so she can work on that thing. Uh, gee, the floor has really gotten cluttered. Okay. I'm going to declutter that. So (laughs) it, even if she didn't do anything, she, mm. she would help me 
in the business. Giving you a bit more focus. Yes. I haven't had as regular of a housekeeper since COVID. And so there's things that'll land on the floor that might be there a week later. (laughs) I would have to pick up and uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bring her back on soon, but uh, she got kind of into the politics on the other side of we won't go into that. Oh, oh, America. It was it's sad <laughs> that we've been really great friends. Anyway, I hmm. digress. But having help uh, in person for me helps stave off some of the loneliness of this hmm. kind of career. Um, but at the same time, my virtual assistant, who is, I don't know, maybe she's a thousand miles away from me. We still talk once a week and have a nice little camaraderie. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have coaches and community. I know you've got a community, Lucy. It's it's important as a business owner to surround yourself with other people who will, you know, give you a bit of a kick up the bum Mm -hmm. when you need it, give you some support and some love when you're having one of those weeks where everything just feels too hard and you've got a bad client and, you know, surrounding yourself with people that get it, whether it's someone that works with you and they come to the same office as you, or you've got a great business coach that you know has always got your back. I think that's so underestimated in yeah. business. Thank we you. try and do it alone, but we don't have to. No. And sometimes like some of my clients will be like, oh gosh, you've taught me so much and I haven't done everything. It's like, whoa, Nelly, <laughs> you can't possibly do everything. And it's it's that regular, um, like with my business coach, just like when I have someone coming in, knowing I'm going to be talking to them tomorrow, I will sit down and do that thing that takes me 20 minutes, but I've been putting it off for the full two Guilty. weeks. I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the value of a coach. Even if they we never do anything that they guide us to do, we just do those things that come up for us. So yeah, we're never mm. going to do it all. Yeah. Um, oh, so I'm going to take a breath here. Oh, I realize I'm like, and then, and then what? And then what? <laughs> I'm both getting too excited. Yeah, I like that because I had a, my solo episode a few weeks ago. I was in this really slow, mellow mood. And I thought, I wonder if anybody will listen to that all the way through. I know I didn't want to, even though it was really good information about starting a business. I asked my podcast person is there a way to speed that up just a little bit (laughs) i'm sure there was technology it's brilliant i know okay so we had some other things that you could talk about so welcome packet set expectations the one that i think might work really well is the three different processes to automate okay so if if that yeah i think that kind of follows on it yeah she's like She's like this uh, gold mine. I'm trying to figure out where to dig in the time we have. So, okay. So the three processes. Yeah. Is that what you said? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are those? Okay. So the three processes we want to look at using with your CRM and putting them into automated workflows. The first one are your leads. 
So what happens when people reach out from your website? How do we turn them into clients essentially? Because that is a very importable, important, importable, <laughs> important, repeatable process. <laughs> I mean, I'm making new words up here. That's yeah, okay. Bear with me. Because, you know, without leads, that business is not really going to have any clients and it's mm-hmm. very important to have clients. So make sure we've got a really, really strong process around how we make people feel excited about working with us and ready to sign up, right. whatever that looks like for you. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our second one is proposal and onboarding. And it might look different for everybody. You had mentioned that, you know, high-end clients don't necessarily want to see a proposal, but we do have to send them contracts and we do have to get the deposit paid and make them feel really good about working with you and what that process looks like. And, you know, I'm there at 10 a.m. See you then. Here's my phone number if, you know, you get lost mm-hmm. <laughs> or here's the scheduler and, you know, go ahead and schedule that family shoot. All of these little steps have to happen. Right. So that's our second one. And then our third workflow is your offboarding. And I get really excited about offboarding. You had mentioned, you know, the thank you cards and gifts always slip away. And I think a lot of us are so worried about our incoming clients and the work we have fresh coming in. And we kind of forget about the clients that have already supported us and already helped our business be what it is. So making sure we're making people feel really loved on after they've worked with us saying thank you to them, whether it's sending them a gift or a thank you card or just saying, hey, I loved working with you. Thank you so much for supporting my business. I hope you love your images as much as I loved working with you. Asking for a testimonial. Is that something you encourage with your clients? Yes. And it's always a little cringy to think about how to do that. (laughs) But there's some great ways. I mean, none of us like doing it. I think photographers, tell me tell me if you've seen this too. A lot of the photographers I work with are way more likely to be introverts than extroverts. Do you see that with your clients? Um, you know, I think it's... A bit of a blend. Yeah, it's hard to say. Maybe I attract introverts. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have both in my coaching. And I, at conventions, it's more extroverts. More extroverts, for sure. I, I dated a bookkeeper for a while and he came to conventions and he said oh my gosh it's so different because no one talks to anyone else at the bookseller convention and they're <laughs> they're dressed you know kind of raggedy in a way and you guys are all then this was in the 90s but you're all dressed really nice and you're like hey hi i love that jewelry what are you up to but maybe it's just that those were the people who like going to conventions, which I yeah, highly recommend. But yeah, it we're might. people, people a lot. At yeah, least my aspect of the of the industry. But I mean, you could be an introvert, enjoy being around with people, can't you? I guess absolutely. Introverts and extroverts. A lot of us hate asking for testimonials. Like I hear that all yes. the time from people. It's so awkward. And that's why I love a good template and, you know, spend half an hour writing this email, push through the awkwardness, and then you can send that email to every client. Yeah. And then you don't have to be like, oh, it's time to send that out. It's just going to go out. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Okay. For sure. So all of those little steps. And one I feel like you're going to love, Lucy, is (laughs) I'm always encouraging people, go back to your clients. You know, if it's a wedding, go back to them on their anniversary. How are you? What's happened in your first year of marriage? What are you celebrating today? Don't forget to look over your gallery. If it's a family, you know, just check it in. Mm -hmm. How's the family going? What's news? I think the more you put yourself top of mind with clients, A, it shows you care. And I know you do care about your clients, even though you're busy and overwhelmed and 
we've all got 60 trillion things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another opportunity for them to remember that you exist and possibly book something else in with you. Right. So let me ask you this. Are CRMs good places to put things, and I'll tell you what things I have in mind, to go back and reference later? So things being, I always recommend that people do a monthly light, fun newsletter, as well as quarterly snail mail, beautiful postcards someone would want to put on Mm -hmm. their fridge or on their mantle. So one of the challenges with that is is collecting ideas and photographs and different things. So mm. in a CRM, are there places where you can you can save stuff that copy pictures, websites to reference that you can You could. I probably wouldn't. I probably would keep, I don't know whether there's an email software you particularly recommend, but I would keep things like that monthly. Did you say monthly? I think you did. Monthly for the email, kind of mm-hmm. fun and light. I would keep that somewhere else because that's going to all of your clients broadly. And then you could t- definitely have something in the offboarding checklist, like maybe, you know, see if this client's gallery fits in. You know, could it go in a monthly thing? Do I need to blog it and pop it up on my website? You know, you could remind okay. you to do things like that, but I probably wouldn't necessarily send the broad client stuff from there. Okay. I'm not talking about the sending. I'm talking about collecting ideas. Okay. Probably not. Okay. Yeah. It's it's very, even though we talk about these overall workflows that's happen and the same process for all of our clients, it's very individual. So sure. I guess you probably wouldn't put that idea into Charlotte Isaac's manila folder inside your file box because then it would get lost. You would never find it again because mm-hmm. you'd be like, whose client did I pop that into? I know I had an idea. I'd probably recommend putting that somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. And that might be a task for like a virtual assistant that says mm-hmm. every week, okay, what you got? And then, yeah. And you make a folder or somebody in person where you're like, yeah, look through, look through this, this client's, you know, my favorites and save some or something like yeah. that. But it definitely could be in the workflow telling you to pop it in there. So, right. you know, say, did you, was this client's gallery a good fit for something? Or is there a good story in here that I can use for something else? If so, go and write it down wherever you write it down or yeah. store okay. it wherever you store yeah. it. Okay. A good idea. And in the going back to clients, um, one of my friends, and she was a guest, I don't know, episode four, Abby Chamberlain. She got most of her clients from charity auction events. Mm-hmm. And then Everybody that was a great client, she stayed in touch with, called at least twice a year and at least two or three times a month, took someone out to coffee or lunch. And she virtually had to do very few of those charity events, maybe eight in a year, because then it kept building on itself and people would come back over and over again. And she wouldn't call them with specials. She would just, create the relationship and Mm -hmm. sustain it. And another guest has been a good friend for a long, long time, Bruce Hudson. He has a book called Relationography and he's updated it. And he used to tour and teach relationography and he and his, his wife would take it to a whole other level of out to dinner, have 
monthly get-togethers where you introduce your best clients to each other and mm. and create this community. And I can see how they probably had a lot of effort expended to keep track of those when things were, because uh, we didn't even have computers back then. Yeah. Without a computer, that scares me. <laughs> yeah. But um, so now a CRM, right, could keep track of all of that and who you mm-hmm. called and who you'd like to call again. And yeah. And yeah. you can plug in that that checklist for yourself. So maybe for each client, you say, okay, three and a half months later, give them a call and check in on how they are. And then six months later, you know, invite them to coffee or or whatever your kind of sequence of things are. You mm-hmm. can definitely build that into the process so that it keeps yeah. saying, okay, great. Here's Susan. Do this with her today. Right, right. And it just becomes part of your process and you don't it. have to think about it anymore. I love it. And I do think that is not just in my coaching, but just having pals for so many years in this industry that is an area where most of us feel a little bit like, you know, I don't stay in touch enough. I should. Mm-hmm. I have been surprised at people who are wildly successful friends of mine where I've said, where they've been like, oh, business is kind of slow. I've said, hey, why don't you think up a reason to contact your best clients? And they've said, we don't have a contact list. Ooh. like." really successful people that you know mm-hmm. where their average sale is five to fifteen thousand and it's normal I'm not making them wrong um no I have heard that a lot too but I did see one particular person then um because something I've done I know I'm jumping but at least I've done a Christmas card holiday card every single year my whole career except I think the the one COVID time I gave myself permission because I kind of, uh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> but but uh, so at least I knew where people were. I had updates on their addresses. Mm-hmm. I knew who had disappeared. And I was excited to see that this person, I think maybe on my little prodding, made that whole list and then sent out cards that they hand wrote. And mm-hmm. thanks. So um, I can see how getting all of that into a program would be really helpful. Mm. I know you love quotes. So a quote I really like is customer happiness is the new marketing. Mm. And it's by a guy called Paul Jarvis who wrote the book Company of One. I don't know if you've ever read it or seen it. I believe he's Californian as well. Everyone's Californian. All the cool kids <laughs> live here. Come I on. know. What's his of name? Of course, Paul Jarvis, J-A-R-V-I-S, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think with what you're saying, it's the little things like checking in with our clients and seeing how they are, keeping yourself top of mind, sending a Christmas card. None of these things are groundbreaking, but they make our clients feel really good and like we care. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's those small, consistent tasks that make a difference between having a really successful, profitable business that also doesn't feel very hard because we all have these marketing tactics pushed in front of us that seem terrifying. You've got to go on a Facebook live once a week and you've got to do this and this and this, but oh my gosh, I don't do any of that. Hmm. (laughs) I think it's just, you know, giving yourself the tools to be consistent and care about your clients and make sure that they know you care about them. I think Mm -hmm. just that one act makes a huge difference to how your business will survive in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And I assume that you can 
set up a contact list of prospects mm-hmm. that you can stay top of mind with them. If you do some event, you collect email addresses and so forth, that it's a way not just to stay in touch with our clients, but a way to continue to have little reminders to people that have met us somewhere or heard about us or Definitely. gotten a um, lead magnet from our yeah. website. Yes, I'd like to know more about how to, I don't know, how to dress my child for a, a portrait or something. And then they get in our mm. system and you'd have to have a CRM to have any value in that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I think we talk about Dubsado and all of these CRMs as very client-based, but I've even had students that have used them to manage their podcast. Like, you know, going back to podcast guests long-term, do you know another guest who would be great? Will you leave a review on Apple? Um, I don't have a podcast, so I don't know all of the things. (laughs) But, you know, you know how much work goes into running a podcast better than anyone. And, you know, we can use them for out-of-the-box ideas as well. So it could be the people that you want to network. You could have your own little workflow for people you met at the conference and you want to go back and check in with them. I don't know, a month or two later and be like, Hey, it was so great to meet you. I don't know. What Uh, else are you up to? Do you want to have a zoom? Do you want to connect? Uh, We should chat a little bit more. Uh There's lots of things you could do. Yeah. Well, that makes so much sense. So we're just about out of time. Um, So I have two questions for you, two and a half. So how do we get in touch with you, Ms. Charlotte? Mm -hmm. I like to hang out on Instagram if anyone just wants to say hello and tell me they enjoyed the episode, which I hope you have. So at Charlotte Isaac HQ is my Instagram account. Otherwise, my website obviously has all my contacts too, and that is charlotteisaac.com. Got it. And that will be in the show notes. Beautiful. I know you have a little goodie. I do. So what is that and how do we get that? So it's called Seven Steps to Automation. So if you've been listening to us and you think, you know what, I've really got to look into this CRM automation situation. I think I think I'm getting a bit overwhelmed and I need some extra help. It has seven steps that'll walk you through choosing the right CRM for you, starting to get yourself set up, talking about the kinds of things that you specifically in your own business could automate. And if that would be helpful to you, charlotteisaac.com slash Lucy Dumas, because I'm super creative. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Let's call it what it is. (laughs) Keep it simple. And Lucy with an I, remember that. Yes, You spelled it correctly. Thank you very much, Charlotte. All right. And then the last question is either, is there something that after we say goodbye and hug and everything, (laughs) oh, I wish I had mentioned that, or uh, is there just a parting thought you'd like to leave us with? So basically, yeah. last word. There are two things that have come up today a little bit that I think are a, a kind of a nice takeaway. One, you don't have to do this thing on your own. I have felt lonely in my business and I'm sure everyone listening has at a certain point. There are so many people out there who will be happy to have a chat with you and help you out and be there to support you. So use the resources that mm-hmm. you have. And then the second one is just to remember that you get to do things your way. You don't have to do anything the way anybody else does. You don't have to market your business the way other people want to. You don't have to do things that don't feel good. So listen to what everyone says and take the support you can, but listen to your gut. I, I love think it. that's the biggest thing. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Charlotte, this has been so much fun. And I want to remind people to stay tuned for my little wrap up. And also to remind you that I'm looking to do audits of photographers who know that they might be leaving money on the table, might be in your pricing, might be something on your website or how you do your sales or how you don't market or ways that you're wasting time marketing that aren't effective or whatever, because I know some stuff about stuff. Um, So if you'd like to be on my show and help other people learn while you get a specific made for you set of guidelines for what to do next, please get in touch. And with that being said, Charlotte, Isaac, this has been such a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been fun to chat across the Pacific. We're almost waving at each other. Yes. We're (laughs) just, you're just, let's see, that way. On the other side of Hawaii. (laughs) That's right. So I could swim to you if I, or I could row a canoe right to you, right? (laughs) Yeah, that might be a better idea. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye for now. Thanks, Lucy. All righty then. So here's a simple little wrap up. We talked today about the value of CRMs or customer relation management systems. Charlotte gave us some lists of things that it can do for us. So we can automate emails. We can have help with keeping our calendar and schedulers going and getting reminders to people about their schedules. Number three, if we have proposals and contracts, we can send those out from our CRMs. Four was the possibility of questionnaires, sending them out. Number five, feedback forms, which those are always a little awkward to send out. Tell me, how did I do? So if it's automated, that's very cool. We're able to keep all of our clients together in one place. And something we didn't specifically talk about, but we can have categories of clients. So if we want to create a marketing piece for people who are just our brides and grooms and contact them for baby portraits, thinking maybe they might have a baby a year or two or four later, we can categorize in and you know come up with a marketing program specifically for a certain collection of people. And most important to me with a CRM is help with the workflow so that step-by-step things get done without them having to all sit in my brain. And um, then the number eight was a CRM can keep track of where people are finding us and what marketing programs and so forth are um, working for us and what is not. And we talked about when it's time to automate, when it's time to hire. And then she said, there's processes that we want to look at using. Number one was leads, setting up a system so we can turn leads into great clients. Number two, onboarding people. Number three, offboarding. We talked a lot about thank you gifts and staying in touch with people and Uh, asking for referrals and testimonials and the ability to go back and check in on our clients. So 
I hope you got a lot out of that. And I hope you're having a great summer or winter, depending on where you live, but looking forward to fall or spring. And maybe you're listening to this six months later. So whatever season you're in, whatever's going on in your life, hope all is well with you and yours. And I'm thinking about you people all around the world. Take care. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.